on Singavio's 16th of June 2017 Google Hangout. I'm CPD accredited. Let's welcome everybody and let's tell you who's here today. Me, Neil Singer. We have Richard Wolfred. We have Philip Nell. There he is, Philip Nell. Adding a bit of professionalism. Fund director of Hermes, a specialist in everything. Dower Henry. Okay, guys, let's talk about, um, let's get, first we'll deal with some news. Oh, CPD, remember everybody, this is CPD accredited. If you would like a CPD certificate after the Hangout, um, please drop us a note and we can send you a certificate um, towards your required hours. Okay, so what's happened since last Google Hangout? What's been on the news a lot, guys? The election, possibly? The election. The election. Look. What's yeah. your view on the market, Phil? How's it going to affect uh, the market? Uh, well, clearly more uncertainty doesn't exactly help uh, risk assets and real estate is a risk asset. I, I mean, my, my view is I think it's, it's probably fairly benign from a UK investor perspective. We're certainly from our conversations with clients, we're not seeing a material change. I think where we are seeing a change is in some of the overseas funds and their appetite for the UK and there have been some other kind of things coming out around the EU and GDP forecast growth and all the other things that actually I think are starting to persuade people to think beyond the UK now. Oh, interesting. So actually they, what you mean they're saying that they, they were investing in the UK but they're now less inclined to do so? Yeah, I think most, most overseas, so if we're talking about North American, Far Eastern or, or Middle Eastern investors, we look at Europe in one, in one holistic bucket. Um, they have pan-Europe, UK and continental Europe. And at the moment, I think go back six months, probably pre-Brexit, they were definitely more focused on the UK. GDP forecasts were, very, were much stronger in the UK. Um, you know, we we're kind of at the further down the road in QE, um, and I think that was that was encouraging them that our recovery was a bit more advanced. In the last, you know, post Brexit, we were still holding up very well, and a lot of them, although one or two, were were, were showing signs of nervousness for the UK. But um, it was then, I think, that the the result of the election last week, because of the weakened mandate, because of the fact that. Europe looked look like a stronger entity now and, and the French election probably in combination with that make people think actually you, Europe looks perhaps a, or continental Europe looks perhaps a slightly better bet than the UK at the moment if you're coming from the, you know, the Far East or something. Well I tell you yeah interesting I said something interesting yesterday I was in Dublin and I was talking to some mm. of the property professionals in Dublin yesterday what I didn't realize is because I said to I was saying to them, oh, you know, you're going to be the winners because London's going to lose companies who are going to relocate to Dublin. And they said that actually the problem they've got is that 40% of their exports go, go to the UK. So yeah. actually, they weren't happy at all. And mm. but because of the, I don't actually think it's such a bad thing that the Tories have been put, reined back a bit from this hard Brexit. Because, for example, in Ireland, it means that they're hopefully they're going to have you know, free movement over the border with Northern Ireland. Apparently, some farmers have got you know, half a field, you know, one field in Northern Ireland and, and one field 
in Southern Ireland. So having a hard Brexit would have been very difficult for them, mm. plus the trade. So actually, Europe as a whole could suffer. I, I, I actually think um, it's hard to say actually what Brexit's going to do. I think the market, though, is generally quiet. But I also think that there's just a bit of a, a bit of um, depression in the market generally, not because of anything economic, but we've had Manchester, we've had London Bridge, we've had Brexit, we've had the election, with, which was very divisive, I thought, you know, mm -hmm. it, 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 and we've had, and then um, we've had that terrible fire. So I just think there's, people are just a bit down, you know, and markets move on sentiment, and I just get the feeling mm -hmm. that sentiment might be a bit off. Guys, anyone agree? Or anyone want to comment on the election? Anyone? I agree. <laughs> Sorry. I agree. There is there is a lot of uh, angst amongst people generally. I think at the moment, and I think it of course it filters through to business. Um, people read the newspapers. It's all quite negative, um, and I think I think I think it, it, as you say, sentiment goes a very long way, um, and 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 at the moment. There isn't that. There isn't that much necessarily for reason. There are. There aren't necessarily very, very many reasons to be cheerful, and I think that um, as a result, people look at things on a fairly uh, pessimistic basis, and I think that um, that is why you're seeing in our market anyway, um, somewhat a stag stagnant or stagnating marketplace. Yeah. Well, the pound has got up a bit. Um, is my which is is my microphone on still? Yeah. yeah. The pounds the pounds gone up a bit, so that helps. Okay, but let's be positive, everyone. Let's be positive. Yeah. You can't go through life being negative. Let's be positive. So let's talk about some of the news. Anything other than the election? A couple of things I thought were were interesting to talk about. The first thing was this week. You may have read that Easy Property merged with the Guild of Estate Agents. Does everyone know what the Guild of Estate Agents is? is there, yes? Go on, explain to us, Neil. Okay, so the Guild of Estate Agents basically is an umbrella organization. What they do is they sell services to independent estate agents around the country. And uh, they, have a, they have a brand called Fine and Country, which you may have seen as well. So the idea yeah. is the Fine and Country is like the upmarket brand, and then they have the Guild. So the idea is, is that if you want to advertise in the Sunday Times, you can advertise as an independent agent under the Guild's banner, and you get now you're competing with the Savills and the Struts of this world because it's all mm -hmm. high-end. And then they've got the Guild generally, which is outside Fine and Country, again, providing services. Well, anyway, they, they have, in effect, it would seem sort of reversed into easy property, which haven't been having brilliant time, who posted £11 million losses on a £1 million turnover, which is um, not that impressive. And I, and I have a feeling that the investors... Um, decided that they needed to change, but what? But this is the interesting thing. Easy Property, its whole model was about an online estate agency. The Guild is a traditional high street estate agency, and of course, the traditional high street estate agency has been knocking the online agencies for, for months now, for, well, for ages, because obviously they're losing market share. What the Guild are now saying, and you can go online and you can see the video from the, the CEO, that. They want to offer a hybrid service. They want to offer, in the same way that Countrywide are doing and a number of other estate agents are doing, they want to offer the traditional sale at one, 2% fees, and then they want to offer the cheap, easy property type 
offering to their marketplace. So it's quite interesting actually that the easy model model is changing. And also it's quite interesting that the guilds model is changing. So I thought that was quite interesting news really. Yeah. You know, the world's changing, guys. Anything, anyone want to comment? Anyone interested? That's my thing. No? <laughs> discussion, discussion. So that's that. Right, guys. Can I, what about the Scottish market? Who wants to talk about the Scottish market? Okay, well, that's, that's a positive thing to come out of the general election. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I think a lot of investors were, were pretty off Scotland, uh, obviously from the risk of a second referendum perspective, which is now much less than it, that it was. Um, demand in Edinburgh for, for offices has been sky high, actually, from occupiers, but um, there's been very little development because of the nervousness of investors. So for anybody holding Edinburgh office assets, I'd say it's, a, it's been a massively positive outcome. And some yeah. good news from um, Henderson recently on their St. James's Place development, where they've, they've got a number of those larger units away. And that, that again, will really regenerate that that end of not that needs it particularly, but the end of um, Princess Street in Edinburgh. So I think f for Scotland, it's it's a great well certainly from an investment perspective in Scotland, it's a great result. I said he was an expert, didn't I? <laughs> well, actually, we've got we've we've been selling in in Scotland, and we've also got our office up there run by Graham Wad Waddell, who can't be with us today, I'm afraid, but um, he's very positive now uh, because the. The uncertainty around the referendum is off the is off the table. So I agree with you. I think the market is going to buzz mm. a bit in Scotland. In fact, we've actually just picked up another sale in Scotland, which will be announced shortly at singervlsales.com. Okay, right, guys, you wanted to talk about a couple of things. Dale, do you want to talk about your topic? Yep, sure. Ooh. Why is there such people? Okay, um, so I just wanted to have a quick talk about the subject of EPCs, Energy Performance Certificates. Um, I know it may not sound the most thrilling of topics, but it is something that we are finding um, is quite topical at the moment. And uh, only this week uh, and in the last sort of few weeks or months, we've seen it actually have a bit of an impact on, on the investment market and certainly when we're selling properties. So... For, for, th for those of you who don't know, um, if you're selling or letting a property, you have to have an e EPC in place um, beforehand. And last year, they, th th there were some new regulations introduced, which said that as of April next year, um, it will be unlawful to grant new leases or, or new existing leases um, uh, unless you have a minimum energy efficiency rating um uh so anything with a rating of e i think it's e or less um you won't be able to to to, to let a property or renew existing leases of residential or commercial properties um and what we found is that when we're when we're selling now um buyers are now becoming very aware of this and whereas people would really just see epcs as something really fairly sort of insignificant and just really a uh, just just part of the documentation of a deal and they didn't really pay any attention we're finding that buyers are now very much um looking we're, we're, we're finding that buyers are very much um this is something they're really looking out for now and only this week we had a deal where 
Um, the deal's been put on hold because of, because of a low EPC rating until that rating's improved. Last year, we had someone, the same thing, um, uh, a, a buyer wasn't comfortable proceeding until the EPC rating was up to the required standard. So I think this just means that for landlords and people selling properties, you, you just got to plan ahead and um, sort of address these issues now because um, a buyer's not going to want to be responsible for the potential costs of improving these EPCs. Some of the costs we found can be very insignificant, can be just a case of replacing a few bulbs or, or they can be up to, you know, replacing air conditioning systems. So, um, yeah, I don't know what, Phil, if you, if, if you, you know, as within your portfolio, it's something you're, you're very conscious of. Phil, can't hear you. Are you muted? Oh, there you are. There you are. We can hear you now. Sorry. Can you hear me? Say, All that right. again. Say that again. Okay. So EPCs have been in the pipeline for quite a few years, and you're and, and you're right. I think they were largely being ignored by a lot of investors. You know, it was kind of a a box ticking exercise. Have I got an EPC? Um, you know, either for a, a whole scheme because if you had a multi-let, let's say, I don't know, a shopping centre, you could. You can end up having an EPC for the shopping centre and an EPC for each individual unit, and they might be different. And the uh, initial software that the, the EPC assessors were using was pretty basic, um, and it was all kind of desktop done, so it wasn't taking account of actual, you know, the reality of, of, of fit out. Because um, the other thing is, is it, it's great in principle. Like a lot of the climate change or, or legislation recently issued both EU and UK to limit the impact of climate change. It's actually, it, at the heart of it, it's got some, some good, you know, some good philosophy behind it, but it's just the delivery, as, like a lot of these things, is, is a bit compromised, and EPCs were a bit like that, and I think, I think you're right, people ignored them because they weren't really sure what they did, and it was a long time before April 18, and therefore we didn't really have to worry about yeah, re-letting. But now, now people are definitely waking up to it. I think there's a massive opportunity. I mean, functional obsolescence is the one area where you can add value to a to a real estate asset. You know, you can you can take a building that's functionally obsolete and make it unfunctionally obsolete. So this is this is a great opportunity to do that in a in the context of a of a piece of legislation. So you know, I think there's an opportunity to add value that doesn't currently exist. But you're right; it's turning a lot of people off certain assets interesting all right okay um thanks dale richard you wanted to talk about something uh, i did uh, and i don't know if it's gone slightly unnoticed or not but yesterday uh, it was reported that we uh, came as close as we have come in i think six or seven years to a rise in interest rates because the monetary policy committee met and voted five to three to keep interest rates as they are. Uh, however, that is the closest it's come. And had it been a draw, then it would have been down to um, the governor of the Bank of, Bank of England, Mark Carney, to make the decisive decision. So forecasters have revised a, uh, an, an increase in interest rates uh, down from between 2020 to 2022 to potentially increasing later this year. And I was interested to know what uh, Phil and Neil think uh, or what effect a rise in interest rates could have 
on the market, uh, uh, our level of the market, as well as the institutional market. Okay. Uh, Who wants to go first? You? You want to go? Shall I, shall I go? Okay. I mean, a really good point. Actually, I was going to. I was going to mention the um, the MPC meeting. I, th I think it's pretty fundamental. I mean, the, the lower for longer philosophy is has you know prevaricated for for a long, long time, um, and it's kept people investing in an asset or in assets where the fundamentals might not be there. So, you know. And ultimately, property is driven by demand from occupiers, but people have gone away from that and are valuing things based just on the fact you can't get yield anywhere else. Therefore, you know, pay three percent for a real estate asset because that's a better yield than you'll get you'll get in the rest of the market. I think with with in, inflation rising and the wrong kind of inflation because it's it's input inflation, it's imported inflation, it's not demand it's not demand inflation that a squeeze on He's frozen. You all disappeared. Oh, no, you're back again. Uh, could be very painful. So I think. You yeah. What were you saying? I, you were saying you, you, you got to the point of import, input. I think, yeah. So, so inflation, the inflation that we're experiencing at the moment is imported input inflation. So it's cost push inflation. It's not demand side inflation. It's not because we've, we're, we are over demanding products. It's because the, the cost, as you said earlier, Neil, you know, the cost of importing products from places like Ireland is. Uh, you know, is, is materially increasing. CPI is now running at what, just under 3%. Um, and that's put, putting a squeeze on real, you know, real wage growth, which is, which is now negative. So I think interest rate rise could, could be very uh, significantly detrimental to economic activity. Um, and given that we are, you know, th this is a consumer-led economy, the reason why We've been doing so well since Brexit has really been because everybody's been actually overly confident. I think you know half the population wanted Brexit, so therefore half the population are happy um, because we vote to leave the EU, and therefore you know you can see that there's been that sort of optimism continuing in the uh, in the economy and in terms of consumer activity, which possibly got dent. You know, as you said earlier, Neil, it's been dented. I think recently by recent yeah. events. Yeah. Um, so that combined with an increase in interest rates could be could be seriously damaging for economic activity and therefore for occupier demand. What will it do for investor demand? Obviously make it worse, or it will push prices up. It'll push the cost of money up and therefore, and, and the, the relative return you'll get from other asset classes. So I think it'll, it'll you know, sorry, I, I want to be more positive, but I, it, it can't possibly be positive for, for UK real well, estate. Yeah, sorry. Well, yeah, well, interesting enough, if you remember when, when, when interest rates, they used to be 8, 10%. I mean, that was the norm, yeah. wasn't it? And yeah. the, the whole point about it was that there was, whilst interest rates were high and the cost of money was high, rents went up because it's always good to own a property asset in an in a inflationary period because the rents go up. It's like buying a yeah. house. Get, get yourself up as high as you can when, when interest rates are at a level, which means that the value will dissipate over time. The, so that sort of is, has happened in the past. I think the problem, actually, is that I agree with you. I think that... Will rents go up? The problem is it's, a, it's about companies being squeezed. And mm. I, th I actually take the view, I'm no economist, I take the view that the reason that the economy hasn't done so terrible since the Brexit vote is a lot of companies didn't have to put their prices up because they'd hedged their currencies. But that he they didn't 
that hedging from um, friends of mine in the retail game has now run out. So the next time they actually put their orders in or they're putting their orders in now, they have to put the prices up. So we're mm. going to see clothes going up. We're going to see food going up. It's, I think it's going to be difficult. So it depends. I suppose it depends. You're right. It's all, it's all about sentiment. And it all depends what happens with the talks with, Brec with, um, with uh, Theresa May, um, et cetera. Anyway, so we'll see what happens. Hopefully, it won't, hopefully the market will carry on. There's no question that a lot of buyers that we sell to are not property, in quote, professionals, but that's an enormous part of the market, but they are buying for income and maybe, and people are owning a property, they can actually look at it and understand it. Mm. So I think that's what, I think that's the case. Right, should we, should we have a vote? Who's going to be the next prime minister? Who wants to have a vote? What's your money on, Richard? My money is Theresa May is getting weaker and weaker by the day. What's your vote? And I think that she, whoever is advising her, should, 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 should. should uh, yeah, I think it's What's crazy. What's what's well, I think okay. I think that it will be either Boris Johnson or um, uh, the lady, the other lady. What's Amber her name? Rudd. Amber Rudd. Amber Rudd. That's Amber. it. Yeah. Amber Rudd. Well, so you've got you've hedged your bets. All right, Phil. Well, I was I was going to go Amber Rudd. Um, I can't see Boris Johnson. I, I think he just divides too many people and too many people within the Conservative Party. So I'd go Amber Rudd. Dale? I actually have got a feeling Boris could be next. I, I think he's been keeping himself out of the limelight, and I think that's been fairly intentional. Why are you uh, echoing so much? Anyway, you are all right. So you're Boris. Nobody's going Corbyn. Me? Um, yeah, no. Yeah, funnily enough, he wasn't on the tip of my tongue. Um, Boris, no question. I actually said, well, yeah. I give him six weeks. It's been in six weeks. It's going to happen very quickly. That's my view. Anyway, let's see what happens. You heard it first at singleverse.com. <laughs> Not that we're a political entity. Some, who, why, why, why is there an echo? Dale, that's you. Right, okay, guys, I, can, I, I'm a, can I talk about something technical that I think the audience yeah. might be interested in? Okay, let's talk, about, let's talk about new digital signatures. I want to share, I want to share something with you. Does anybody, did you, does it, hopefully people know what a hash is. You probably may not know what a hash is, but I'm going to explain what a hash is. You may have seen this before. If let's say you, you were to um, take a word, look, single VL sales, all right? Single VL sales, you, can you see at the bottom, it creates a hash string. That is, it says EFF71999. That is a unique um, uh, hash, a unique um, line of, um, uh, of code, sorry, not code, um, representation of the word in the box, single VL sales, dot, single VL sales. Now look, if I just had to change it in a tiny, tiny fashion, if I put, say, a dot on the end, all of a sudden it's F54B3. See what I mean? So a hash generator will convert whatever's in here, whatever, work, whatever you put in here, and will create a unique string below. Now, the reason I mention that is because I want to talk to you about something else. I want to talk to you about... E, what's known as the EIDAS regulations. You might find this interesting, Phil. And, I'm sure um, I will. Okay, so unique 
Right, there's something called the EIDS regulations. As you know, we are the um, lead users of the click to purchase technology, um, clicktopurchase.com, which allows you to exchange contracts online. And when we set this thing up a few years ago, we had to find a way in which to create digital signals to be legally binding. And we went to lead council and we were advised that you had to create a combination of an affirmation process and a unique ID. And the, what that meant is you could make an offer in error. You couldn't press a button and, and made an offer to buy a building, which you didn't mean to do so. So there was a, there was, that was the affirmation process. And the unique idea, we actually managed to do this by having a way in which you logged in and you, uh, um, uh, you, you were tied to a property and no one else could make that offer on your behalf. Guys, can you see the screen? Okay. Now, what's recently, what's recently happened? The European regulations have brought up called the EIDS regulations, and they've brought out a way in which contracts in law in the member states are capable of being affected online. And there are three types of signature. There's what's known as an, an electronic signature, which is something like an email. There's what's called an advanced electronic signature, which is what I put up in front of you. And there's what something's called a, a qualified electronic signature. Now, the regulation also says that a advanced electronic signature has the same effect in law as a wet ink signature. And it's then down to the member states to implement it. So what Click the Purchase has recently done has improved the encryption and the software to a level to go beyond the requirements of the EIDS regulations. So we no longer have to rely upon council's opinion, which we did a few years ago. We now have gone to a much higher level. So if I can just very quickly explain, what we do is we have our own X509 certificate. Now, what that means is it is a certificate which is used to encrypt data. And the reason it's so important is that it can only be decrypted by using something known as a, um, a, a private key. This is the click-to-purchase private key, which was purchased from a, what's known as a trusted root authority, TBS. And if somebody were to... Um, try to decrypt a .ctp file of information, they need access to this certificate. Now, they can't obtain the certificate because it's hidden within our, our, our technology, but we found we have created a way in which to ensure at an extremely high level that these, the offer in no way can be hacked. And if it were to be hacked, you could actually see how it could be hacked. So here's the EIDS regulations I mentioned to you. Now, this is the My Account page when someone makes an offer online. And the reason I want to show you is this. You can see there are th we've now improved it to a level whereby, number one, you can download the memorandum of sale. I didn't realize you were selling your house, Neil. Oh, no, that's just a shed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So right. there's, the, there's the memorandum of sale. The second thing is you can see you can now download in your My Account your actually digitally signed document. Now, a digitally signed document looks like this. <laughs> now, this is all the gobbledygook, which is then encrypted in the, and hashed in the way I just showed you, demonstrated online. So what information is being encrypted? The information is being encrypted is what's called an, X, is an XML file. This is an XML file. An XML file is everything to do with the data surrounding a memorandum of sale or a bid that you make to a click to purchase. So for example, you can see here, look, bidder, 
you can see the property, you can see how much, etc. This actually is the file. And then the file is then encrypted with the hash technology, which I actually showed you. And you can see here, seller signature 48BCECF, etc, etc. That hash is unique to this, to the information there, which is, inf which is as I showed you earlier, is how a hash works. Now, what we've created at um, Click to Purchase, which I think is really quite interesting, is this, is that you we now provide you with an ability to upload that file that is yours as a bidder. You can download it from your My Account page, as I've shown you. You can upload the file, and then you can val press the validate button, and it validates. It then decrypts the information. It opens up the information. There's the hash, which I mentioned earlier, 48BCE, who the bidder is, what the properties, et cetera. If for some reason the file that you upload doesn't match, you cannot open it. Now, the reason, the reason you're able to open it is simply on the basis of, you should be, I should, be, right, it's on the basis that the, you've uploaded it to the, to the platform and it's accessed the private key of click to purchase, you can decrypt it. Now, the reason this is so significant is as follows. If, let's say, you had bought a building for a million pounds, and you had your, you downloaded your .ctp file and you kept it on your computer and someone had hacked into the sync to the click to purchase system. Let's say, I mean, it couldn't happen, but let's say in theory it happened and they changed the price from a million to 1.1. And the vendor said, well, you, you actually made an offer of 1.1. We're going to, we've exchanged the contract with you. If, if that were to happen in theory, which I said you can't, you as the buyer have got your .ctp file proving with a different hash that it doesn't match the file within the system showing 1.1 because the data input is different and therefore the hash key is different. And, and then that would happen. And then we at Click to Purchase would say, oh, hold on, something's gone on here. What's happened? What's gone on? And that is what is so important about encryption technology and why we've gone to a level which is extremely secure, which provides security and transparency which no one else can offer so no one else is actually doing online exchanges other than the click to purchase system as you know which Singavio uses although there is big news coming which we will be able to announce shortly but that is i think an added layer to keep us even further ahead if there is someone out there busy trying to do the same sort of things we're doing how impressive cool. is that it's good isn't it all right it's interesting i mean it's quite an interesting um development actually because when it first came up the first what I've learned actually in being so involved in technology over the last few years is that people out there make it very difficult for you and as long as you've got the head to try and get around the, these difficult situations because most people don't most people give up it sort of keeps your head mm. so that's it guys that's right it. so do we should we talk about the? I mean so we talked about the market we've been on for about half an hour I think we normally have a quick summary of the things we're selling but we've probably covered quite a lot of topics today guys so i think we could probably, I, know, I think we could probably simply say if you want to buy properties singlyourselves.com if you want the best marketing can you think of an agency phil which has the best marketing platform around and anyone, um, anyone come to mind uh <laughs> anyone come to mind singer vl neil singer vl exactly what else don't go anywhere else don't go anywhere else. Don't go anywhere else. Okay, Phil, a star as always. Okay, so I don't. I think we are done for today. So, Phil. Great. 
Okay. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Expert opinion as always. Dale. Thanks, thank everyone. Richard. Bye, everyone. Thank you very much. Bye. Have a nice weekend. Thanks. For Bye. Don't forget. Yeah. To, don't Bye. forget. Oh, if you want your CPT certificate, I've got to actually give you a question. I know. I've got a good one. Which one of us thought that Boris Johnson would be prime minister within six weeks? Okay, so put that on your answer when you write to us to get your CPD certificate to prove you watched the video. Okay, thanks very much. Have a nice weekend.